Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. I got a revolver to protect us, and I soon had use for it, declared Constance Connie Cop when interviewed about the intruders intimidating her family under the cover of darkness at her home. Connie's assistance with the arrest of an ex-con making threats against her and her sisters led to her role as the first female appointed deputy sheriff of Bergen County, New Jersey. Let's talk about how Connie got there in a time when women were not so much welcomed into such work. Welcome to Criminalia and to our first episode of a brand new season about blackmailers. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. On a summer morning in 1914, silk factory owner Henry Kaufman crashed his brand new car into Cop's family buggy at the corner of Carroll Street and Broadway in Patterson, New Jersey. The buggy was carrying Connie and her two sisters, Norma and Florette. There are some conflicting reports that suggest that it was just Connie and Norma in their buggy that day and not their youngest sister, but truthfully, it really doesn't matter how many sisters were in that vehicle. The women were not injured, but their buggy was a wreck. The accident had broken its shaft, and Kaufman, who was reportedly 100% at fault, refused to pay damages. So... Connie sued Kaufman in an effort to make him pay and was awarded by a civil court $50 for damages caused by the crash. However, Kaufman failed to pay her. You can imagine her frustration. Fast forward not too far, and Connie saw opportunity one day while walking in downtown Patterson. She recognized Kaufman's automobile on Main Street, and she ran after it, shouting for other pedestrians to help her stop the vehicle. And indeed, she created such a spectacle that Kaufman was forced to stop. Some reports suggest there were just too many pedestrians surrounding him for him to continue. As luck would have it for Connie, a patrolman nearby spoke with Kaufman. He was forced to pay the $50 court-ordered payment. He did so and was allowed to drive away. But things didn't end there. 
Connie's lawsuit, plus the street scene, touched off a blackmail-slash-extortion campaign against her and her sisters that included demands for money, threats of arson, as well as threats to the sisters themselves. On November 22, 1914, the cop sisters received the first of several anonymous threatening letters, each similar to the style of what are known as black hand letters. So a black hand letter was, and is, basically extortion through written correspondence. Menacing letters would be sent to victims threatening things like arson or kidnapping or perhaps even murder unless a specific amount of money was paid. These letters were signed, but not with a traditional signature. Blackhand letters were most commonly signed with an ink-drawn human hand, which is where their name, Blackhand, came from. The practice began, or was at least popularized, among Italian and Sicilian criminals in New York City, and then it spread across the United States. These letters were in heavy circulation in the early 20th century, and if you didn't give in to the demands of a Blackhand letter, you suffered the consequence. The first letter Connie received stated, quote, Madam, we demand $1,000 or we will kill you. Give money to a girl dressed in black at the corner of Broadway and Carroll Street, Patterson, Saturday night. If you don't pay, we will fire your house. We know your horse and wagon. We live in Patterson. The letters the sisters received, this first one and those that followed, were usually signed with things like Friends of HK or similar sorts, unlike traditional black hand signatures. How will Connie ever figure out whose initials those could possibly have been? Well, let's just keep going. So in addition to receiving these demanding letters asking for ransom, the cop family also began to see prowlers on their property. And those prowlers did things like discharge revolvers and shotguns under their bedroom windows at night. This was at their home on Wickoff Farm. Things seemed to be escalating quickly, and Connie spoke with authorities. Though some local deputies pretty much ignored her story, Bergen County Sheriff Robert Heath, on the other hand, took her concerns seriously, and he assigned a deputy to guard the cop's farm. Connie later spoke about his efforts, stating, quote, We lived in constant terror, but Sheriff Heath came to our assistance and provided us with a guard at our home. He even took the trouble to bring the deputy from Hackensack every day. I don't know what we would have done without his assistance. We are going to take a break here for a word from our sponsors. And when we're back, we'll talk about what happened when Sheriff Heath gave Connie and her sisters guns for their own protection. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. 
I've had my home broken into in the past, and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older (laughs) in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Criminalia for 10% off your first order. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about how, about a year or so after the crash, Connie sued Henry Kaufman in criminal court and won. Around the same time that Connie took her case to the sheriff, she had another run-in with Henry Kaufman. This time, Kaufman, who was inebriated, spotted her walking along the street as he drove his car with some friends. He pulled over and then proceeded to verbally berate her until he was arrested by a patrolling officer who happened to be nearby. He was fined $5 for harassment. Though Sheriff Heath was unable to stop the blackmail and apprehend those behind it, I mean, this wasn't a quickly closed case. He was a progressive-minded sort who took a non-traditional route to keep the cops safe in the meantime. He armed the cop sisters each with a revolver and trained them how to use it. As you may imagine, the newspapers went into a frenzy when this became public. This was unheard of, and they printed caricatures of the women as three gun-toting sisters snooping about in their, quote, petticoats. One really long headline read, quote, Oh, for a chance to shoot at the nasty prowlers. The Mrs. Cop, maintaining siege at home, would just love to turn guns on blackmailers. Among other headlines was, quote, Silk manufacturer fined for fracas with woman. The sisters, though, took this very seriously. Said Connie, quote, If we ever catch a strange man sneaking around our house after dark, we will use our revolvers. So, back to those letters. After receiving the first black hand letter, Connie asked for Sheriff Heath's help in regard to meeting with the girl in black. 
On that Saturday night, as requested in the letter, Connie waited at the corner of Broadway and Carol, while Heath waited nearby to confront anyone who approached her. With a concealed revolver in her handbag, Connie waited for an hour until about 9 p.m., but no one showed. She returned home, and authorities never found a girl in black asking for money. Despite that no-show, the threats and attacks against the sisters kept happening. Not only did they continue to receive threats in the mail, one night Connie and Norma had to fire at men that they spotted in their back garden, and those men shot back. The Black Hand threats then began to target the youngest cop sister, 16-year-old Florette, specifically with threats to kidnap her. The first abduction letter read, in part, quote, I heard a deep-laid conspiracy to abduct Florette. This can be settled, and you and I and the gang are the only one to know it. Keep your head. Don't go and publish anything in the newspapers, for it will spoil our plans. Again, Connie asked Sheriff Heath for help, and the two began working together on the case. Connie was instrumental in the work leading to the arrest of ex-convict George Johnson from Somerville, who was a co-conspirator with Kaufman in the threats against her family. It was this assistance she provided that was what ultimately qualified her for the role of deputy sheriff. On June 2, 1915, nearly one year after the car accident that started this whole conflict, Connie and Norma Kopp sued Henry Kaufman, this time in criminal court. Their case alleged that he had written the Black Hand letters, demanding money and warning of violence and kidnapping against the Kopp family as a consequence. The suit also alleged that he was responsible for sending armed men to their farm to terrorize them at night. It had not just been Connie and Sheriff Heath working on this case. County detectives and federal authorities had also been brought in on the investigation. As reported in the December 3, 1916 edition of The Record, a newspaper out of Hackensack, Kaufman was arrested by a detective, Francis Butler, in Newark on a federal indictment. That charge was improper use of the mails. At the trial, Sheriff Heath testified about the threatening letters and the men found on the property fully corroborating the cop sister's story. Another important witness for the prosecution was a man named William Kinsley, who was a handwriting expert from New York City. He confirmed to the court that the person who wrote those threatening letters to the cop sisters was indeed Henry Kaufman. The handwriting matched. Kaufman denied all accusations against him, but a jury found him guilty. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsors. And when we return, we will talk about Connie's appointment to the role of deputy and how it quickly ended. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. 
And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Welcome back to Criminalia. And now, this is the part of her story where Connie is appointed to sheriff's deputy. Because of her excellent work in the case under the order of Bergen County Sheriff Robert Heath in 1915, Connie became the first female sheriff's deputy in Bergen County, New Jersey. That's right. In an effort to get out from under a bunch of bullying blackmailers, she made history. Although Connie was not the first female deputy sheriff appointed in the United States, she did join a rather short list of women in law enforcement. Included on that list would have been Margaret Adams, who joined the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department as a deputy in 1912. She's largely considered the first female appointed to the position in the United States. And there's also Emma Doherty, who is considered the first appointed female sheriff in both Texas and the United States. That didn't happen until after Connie's case, when Coleman County commissioners empowered her in that role in 1918. To put all that into some context in United States history, for women during Connie, Margaret, and Emma's lifetimes, the landscape was quite different than today. This was before women had the right to vote. The 19th Amendment wouldn't become law until August of 1920. Zip ahead a few decades and you see that Connie, who could arrest criminals, was not allowed to participate in other parts of the justice system. For example, though the Civil Rights Act of 1957, that's decades after her death, gave women the right to serve on federal juries, it wasn't until the 1970s when all 50 states did so. Connie often worked in partnership with Sheriff Heath, and all accounts suggest she was good at the job. On December 19, 1915, for instance, they found an escaped prisoner near a subway entrance in Brooklyn. It was Connie who apprehended and physically restrained the Reverend Dr. Herman Albert von Matesius, who was accused of horrific crimes by three boys in his employment. Of that arrest, Connie stated, quote, I had worked many days and nights on this case, and twice Dr. von Matesius got away from us when we thought we had him so I was determined to hang on to him, no matter how rough he might be. None of the men nearby offered to come to my assistance, and I felt relieved when I heard the sheriff's voice. It seemed as though the doctor was about to strike me when the sheriff grabbed his arm and forced him back. 
In April of 1916, while Connie and Sheriff Heath were transporting a prisoner named Tony Poinatska, the prisoner escaped from the vehicle and jumped into the Hackensack River, attempting to drown himself. Connie jumped into the freezing water after him and pulled him back to shore safely as he combatively struggled to keep himself underwater. She was treated for hypothermia because of the river's cold temperature. Of note, as she had commented about apprehending the Reverend Dr. Von Montesius, here again, she was the only one who jumped in. Of the event, she was quoted saying, Hoynatska was my prisoner, and if he had drowned or escaped, I would have been held responsible. I simply did my duty. Newspapers referred to Connie as the, quote, plucky girl sheriff. According to a 1916 article published in the New York Times, Connie received a, quote, gold-plated badge and a gold-plated pair of handcuffs, which she carried, quote, in her handbag. She did carry a revolver in her handbag, and she was given a badge and handcuffs, but that gold-plated part? Uh, today, historians consider that to have been an embellishment of the press. Of her new job, Connie stated, quote, Some women prefer to stay at home and take care of the house. Let them. There are plenty who like that kind of work enough to do it. A woman should have the right to do any sort of work she wants to, provided she can do it. Though she was good on the job as deputy sheriff, on November 14, 1916, Connie lost her badge when a man named John Quarter was sworn in as the new sheriff, a man who claimed he, quote, couldn't find anything for Miss Cop to do. In reply, Connie stated that under the newly adopted civil service law, employees who'd held their position for 45 days prior to the election of a new sheriff were legally protected. They were to be legally retained no matter who won or lost the position of sheriff. She was correct, but despite that and her solid work, she, as well as at least one other sheriff's deputy, a male deputy, spent months fighting for their jobs, but their efforts failed. It is believed that Connie and Norma, and perhaps Florette, although history does not give us a lot of solid information on that, eventually operated their own detective agency years later, possibly in Hawthorne Heights, New Jersey. I'm dying to know what you call the cocktail mocktail for this particular episode in this season. I think for the season, we're going to call this segment Coercion Concoctions. <laughs> and today's drink in particular is called the Petticoat Revolver. <laughs> and it involves like some that. of our favorite ingredients, but also some we haven't used really before. And I don't think we've ever combined them in quite this way. So you are going to start with your shaking tin with some ice and put in an eighth of a teaspoon of black pepper. To that, you're going to add a quarter ounce of lemon juice, a half ounce of rose syrup, a half ounce of chili liqueur, and an ounce of rye whiskey. And you're going to shake it like the Dickens. And I see the happy look on your face because rye has entered the chat. <laughs> really? Every ingredient in this drink, I'm like, yes. <laughs> I don't mess around with rye that much historically, but I'm getting into it. You're going to shake that with ice. Listen, if you like a straight up slapper of a drink, you can absolutely drink this as is. I topped it with three ounces of ginger beer and that was delightful. And this is an interesting one because you get, this may just be my palate, but for me, each sip was like a different experience 
where it'd be like, oh, now I really taste that rose note. Oh, no, now that I've actually swallowed, I just have pepper on my tongue. (laughs) The thing is, if you don't want any pepper flex in your drink or you want to minimize it, I would double strain it. So strain it with your Hawthorne strainer or your regular strainer on your cobbler shaker through a mesh strainer to get all of the little bits. But if you like a little pepper in your drink, I do leave it. And then there would be some sips where I was like, oh, hot. Wait, is there a flower in there? Like I, (laughs) And then others where I was like, none of them are really the dominant note in this sip. But it's pretty yummy. And it is another one of those that is dangerous in that it does not really telegraph to you how much alcohol is in it. Be careful. Drink responsibly always. For the mocktail, this one is pretty easy. In lieu of the chili liqueur, you're going to do any kind of like chili or habanero syrup. And then in lieu of the rye, here is what I would do. You're going to make your black tea, but when you pour your hot water over your tea bag or your tea in your little container, however you like to do it, already have the pepper in your mug or whatever vessel you're using because you want that hot water to really open up the pepper and get that flavor infused in your tea. And that way you skip adding the pepper later when you make your mocktail, but it's already, it's way in there. It is going to give you a stronger presence than if you just do the tea on its own and add the pepper. So that is my advice. That is the Petticoat Revolver, which is hopefully as fun for you as it is for me. I sure liked it. I was actually surprised at how much I liked it because initially I was going to just make it the rye and the rose syrup with pepper Mm -hmm. and maybe another note. And then I was like, "Ah, I want to put a chili liqueur. Spicy like Connie Cop. Yeah. Connie's a spicy gal. I really have to admire her. And it's one of those things where the fact that people thought it was worth making fun of her and her sisters in their petticoats with their weapons it's like does not take in the measure of who they clearly were as people because they were ready. They took it, as we said, seriously. It wasn't like they were like they clearly were instructed in how to use them by Officer Heath. And they <laughs> clearly knew what to do. And Connie especially level-headed in a moment that most of us would probably be terrified in. She chased down a vehicle. <laughs> yeah, she would be like, don't add the ginger beer. I'll just drink <laughs> it this way. The bubbly. But I like the ginger beer a lot. So that is the Petticoat Revolver and our first of our coercion concoctions. We are so thankful that you're here with us in this new season. We hope you'll be back next week for another story and another drink. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd.